Come on. Strong, the powerful Greg Lewin has returned to Money Savage. Welcome back, Greg. Thank you. Excited to have you back on. Greg is an author. He is an advisor to large family offices. He is a speaker, founder of the Seeds to See Initiative. His new book, Long-Term Success for Part-Time Investors, is going to be available soon. I'm excited to have you back on, Greg. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Uh, sure. Uh, my uh, life is sort of uh, half investing, half charitable pursuits. Um, and um, I was a professional investor for 30 years at with four or five different hedge funds and some of the most sophisticated funds on the street. I think investing is absolutely critical for people to build the lives they'd hope to build. And I think very few people do it well. And so the thing that I've been working on lately in this very, very, in my opinion, uh, frightening and challenging environment uh, is helping people become better investors. And I think most things that they read about that are just entirely baseless. I think that people really don't understand the fundamentals of how you get better at this and how you do it successfully. And hopefully the book is a little bit of a guide. It's a uh, different than a book, I guess, because I'm just giving it away. The idea is to get it in as many people's hands as possible and hopefully start some thoughtful conversations. Well, I certainly appreciate that. So investing is critical. It's essential to being able to, 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 to live because we're probably never going to be able to save enough money to be able to, 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 to stop working. Yet the way that we're doing it, the knowledge that we have about it, is 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 lacking horribly that is a that's a crappy situation it is it's really bad and the and the worst thing that's going on and it was constructed over a bunch of years it was constructed systematically i'm not saying evil or good or anything like that it's just the government has had a miss they they haven't thought it properly and and their strategies to help the economy in a couple of different ter difficult circumstances we've had over the last two decades has been to lower interest rates to a place where fixed income investing is no longer viable. And that's where most of us, uh, when we're just dealing with our personal capital, go to survive. So the only assets left are really, really risky. Maybe not your house. Maybe you have two things. You have a house and you have investing. But investing used to be the largest category of investing has always been bonds, institutionally and, per and personally. And now it's not a rational place for anyone to ever be again for the foreseeable future. Long time. <clears throat> so that leaves only one place to go, and that's stocks. That's the entirety of the stock market. There's no other fundamental than that. That's the entirety of it. Everything else is noise. And so um, but the problem with stock markets, when they get crowded and they get overvalued, they get super dangerous and they can do more harm than good. Uh, in the last 48 years, not a long time, there have been four times where major indexes have lost 50% or more. To give you a perspective of how difficult that is, if you lose 50% of your money once, it requires nine years growing at 8% a year just to get back to even. So, and 8% is the long-term average return of the stock market. 
So one bad market, which we've had four of them in the last 48, not that long, every 10, 12 years. It's not, that's not a lifetime. That's imaginable for even young people. That's imaginable. Um, and so if that's the only, if the only vehicle left is not the bonds, but it's the stock market, people better get a lot more savvy on how they deal with it. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. So I started uh, my professional career in 2001, in August of 2001, and then 9-11 happened, and that's, I, I assume, the one of the two events there the first event that you're talking about that really started driving interest rates down and i'm 42 years old and so i as an adult have no practical or or um personal knowledge about the way that people used to invest tell me a little bit about not, not that it's worthwhile but just for people who are listening that, that don't have the personal experience what what would a bond investment used to look like well, a bond investment for most of us, for the vast majority of us, was just simply a fixed return. So you buy a bond. It could be issued by the U.S. government as a treasury, or it could be issued as a company from a company, uh, Microsoft, that just wants to raise capital to grow their business. But they basically issue a bond, and the bond could be anywhere from, you know, short of a year to to 30 years. Most people don't go out there, but say 10, one to 10 years in length. And in that one to 10 years, if you have, if you're dealing with a quality credit, you give them the money at the end of that period, one to 10 years, you get your money back. And in between, they give you an interest rate yield, a dividend yield. And that, that, that yield 1% generally. So when I began in the beginning of business, it was 1982 and in 1980, the 30-year topped at 18%. So literally, if you, you know, bad for a mortgage holder, because he was paying 18% on his mortgage, pretty tough nut to swallow. Good for an investor if he just bought at a bond that yielded 15, 16, 17% and can have it for 30 years. Best thing that ever did way better than stocks. It's phenomenal. But for the majority of the time, there were very responsible yields um, throughout my investment career that ranged in the short term for about 3%, 2 to 3% for one-year bond. And for a 10-year bond, you could easily get 6, 7, 8 uh, on a regular basis. Very sound returns, call it 5% a year. And if you then left it, the, the government market and went to the corporate market, you can get even a little higher because obviously a company, no matter how, what its quality, is a little riskier than hopefully the U.S. government is. So we had this alternative, and most people use this as a, as sort of the uh, the ballast of the portfolio. And then, if on the side they want to fool around with stocks or whatever else they're doing, you know, it's the smaller portion of the assets, while the majority of the assets is hopefully driving five, six percent on a without risk. It's yours. It's a guarantee. The whole guarantee is now gone because it, the uh, the average yield of a 10-year globally is one below 1%. That's a disaster. That's that's That doesn't even keep up with inflation. So if you buy a bond, 
you're functionally losing money. I think there's $23 trillion globally of bonds that have negative yields. I mean, people are actually buying, giving somebody, a company, a government, something, a dollar, and the government is and company is promising to give you 97 cents back. I mean, whatever. That's a crazy thing to do. Makes no sense. So we're in a very tough place, and it's going to be the equity world that people are going to have to survive. And that's a, like I just said, just keep in, keep in mind, every, you know, we had 9-11, we had the financial crisis, we had the pandemic, we've had, uh, before that, there were several things like the market crash, there was uh, long-term capital, there was the agent contagion. I mean, we have big stuff happen pretty regularly, and just think of those numbers. You lose 50% once, it takes nine years growing your money at 8% a year to get back to even. That could wipe out an entire decade of returns. And what and that happened for a lot of people, too, because one of the things that happened was the uh, was back in 2000 was the tech crash and the Nasdaq went down. Eighty five percent in two years, that's enormous because that's where everybody's money was. That was the first time around with the Internet and everybody was so excited about the prospect, which was a good prospect. But the valuations were silly. And as human beings, we're just not designed to function well in the stock market. It's not our gig. It's not our thing. Our brains yeah, are, I can go brains. on if you want. Uh, yeah, it's so what what is what is the way forward? You obviously the way the way forward. It's a little bit. I, I, I apologize for cutting you off. No, I'm sorry, please. Um, the investing world, the, the cool thing about investing, and one of the reasons it's interested me for so long is it's the only thing in life that resembles the complexity of life. Life is really hard for all of us. You know, you know, you, you're young and you and you can't imagine that like making it, not making money. I'm sorry, making it to the end, reasonably successfully, whatever that means. You're somewhat happy. You're, you're taking care of yourselves. You're fed. You're you got good health. That that's like that's a goal. That's ridiculous. You just assume that's like a, a genetic rite of passage, and it's not. It you know, the older you get, you realize how hard it is to and how lucky you are that things have gone relatively well. Uh, it, it, it's a very difficult job. And, it, and the reason it's so difficult is because our life is all about the unexpected, right? Um, if your job is going well, your health may suffer. <laughs> if, if your job is going well and your health is going well, then maybe your wife or your child or your mother or you suffers, right? And we just get we're constantly thrown these very big curveballs, and it happens a lot. And as human beings, we're not well equipped to do that. So what is interesting about the stock market is if you can hone yourself around this place, around this objective place where answers are clear. So if I asked you, you know, what's, what's the definition of a wealthy person or something or a successful person, You'll jabber on for a while. Tough, tough thing to examine. Sure. Unfortunately, in the stock market, if I say to you, "What's the definition of a, of a you know a successful year?" Uh, if by chance you were smart enough to be able to come up with a goal of ten percent, say something like that, and you reach ten percent, I could say success. It's over. You said you wanted ten. 
you got 10, you're a successful person this year. Terrific. Um, but we're not organized that way. And so the stock market gives you an opportunity to hone your skills to not only help you live a better quality of life as because hopefully money, you know, because money unfortunately does relate to the quality of your life, but it also lets you live a better life because you've developed skills that are useful throughout the complexity of your life. And that's what's so interesting to me. So for instance, what, you know, if, if we run on the premise that, that the key to success in the stock market is not handling the expected, we all kind of, you know, what's so hard about that? I buy Microsoft, my big premise, I think it's going up. Let's just say that's all I figure. And it goes up. Not so hard, right? It's kind sure. of easy. <laughs> if my the same premise, I buy Microsoft, you know, the premise is always a little bit unsophisticated, but let's say my friend told me that everything's going great at Microsoft and he works there. Not a good premise. But if you if you use that, that would not be uncommon. You live in Seattle, I imagine that's not uncommon. And you buy it and you're down twenty percent, what do you do? Now that's the unexpected happened. And how do you work it? And the problem we have is that there's a couple of innate qualities to human beings that doesn't work well for human beings. First, we're all built to act quickly and decisively. Think of it as a survival thing, right? You know, the lion is coming. We got to get out of the way. So that's the way the majority of our lives as beings has existed. So we're very good at quick decisions and fast decisions. Our brains we don't have great memories. We're not actually that analytical. We are great pattern seekers. That's our that's our thing. We 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 see relationships and we respond to the relationship. You know, A plus B, ah, C. I got it. That's how this works. Problem is, is when you're quick to react, that's how you're built, and that's that's all about the biochemistry of our systems. We're very very twitchy, mentally, probably physically as well. And your pattern seekers, and you put those two together, what happens is you generally jump to conclusions before the pattern's clear. Hmm. Right? It makes a lot of sense, right? We, you know, we, so we've got this framework that if I'm talking to George, he's going to respond this way to what if I say that, and so I'll move in this direction. And if George all of a sudden looks at me and says, I don't want to talk about investing, I want to talk about, you know, the New York Knicks, I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know much about that. You know what I mean? I'm like, all I'm, yeah. I'm screwed, you know, because you took me in a pattern that I didn't expect. And I jumped to the conclusion that I knew where you were going to take me. So when you make quick decisions and you leap to conclusions, what happens is, unfortunately, a lot of your conclusions are poor. Hmm. And add to that, that based on the way trends have happened we've become easily bored it's very hard for us to keep our attention right and we're distracted easily that's just the nature of the whole phone life right right you know we're constantly waiting for bells and whistles to take us off off track because we don't like staying on track it's too boring we got to get on a new track we got to keep moving so the whole thing converges to to this, this design that is not well organized for the unexpected. 
And let me explain. I'll give you an example that'll take you maybe to the idea. There's a there's an arc of human behavior. We're all about stories. From those stories, the way we make our stories come true the, is is by forming expectations. And once we have these expectations, we build mindsets. And so what we become is very channeled. And what we see is what we expect to see. So let me give you an example. Two men, identical twins. They go into Times Square. They're standing in the middle. One guy, he was told by his friends that Times Square is the most beautiful place on earth. And so he stands in the middle of Times Square. And what does he see? The bright neon lights. He's, he's ready. He's, he's primed to enjoy the beauty of Times Square. The other twin his friend said, Times Square is freaking dangerous. You better be careful. And he stands in the middle of Times Square and he can't take his eyes off the sketchy dude across the street. Both facts, both truth, neither of them factual because they walk in and they can only see what they expected to see. One guy can't see the sketchy dude. The next guy can't see the neon lights. Both are truths. But neither is true because it is just a small piece. That's how we deal with problems. We have a mindset based on our expectations. We come on a narrow path and we only can see the path. And what happens is we never, ever see the unexpected. And the unexpected is where all of performance takes place. That would be sort of the first half of the book. How do you do that? Right. <laughs> That's what it is. Yes. How do you make yourself a little better at dealing with and becoming accustomed to dealing with the unexpected? And that's, you know, I have three remedies that I offer. Um, is it appropriate to talk about those now or? Um, no, or, I, I think we should definitely do it. Yeah. So uh, I apologize. I'm not letting you ask questions. No, good. So I hope this is not boring or off no, base or this is great. not relevant. Um, Go. Yeah, the three, I, I have one virtue, one tool, and one strategy. The, the virtue is patience. Obviously, um, we are built to act, built to do, built to stay busy, built to stay bored and impatient. Um, so patience is a quality that allows you to, it gives you the breathing room to see beyond yourself, to pause and actually evaluate a problem with that is more complexity and, and grant it the due complexity it deserves. So it's talking about, you know, I hope through talking about these things, I teach people why they're important and give them some space to understand that. And that way they can maybe implement it. But patience is the virtue, you know, if you talk about like a guy like Warren Buffett, his whole game is just patience. I mean, one of his core uh, little uh, vignettes that he offers is that you should uh, you should have a punch card and you're only allowed 20 investments in your higher, entire life. And that's one of his things. He's been simply telling you, you've got to be patient. Mm -hmm. It's not actually that hard to find great stocks. It's really hard to wait for them. So patience is the first thing. The second thing is a really interesting thing that I've, I've explored a lot of stuff in my life, alternative stuff um, that I like a lot. The most interesting and most possibly most 
therapeutic in a way thing that I've ever done is the simplest thing I've ever done. And it's called active listening. Uh, and it teaches you so many skills because of course, if we are built to act, if we are impatient, if we are, uh, pattern seeking, we're in our own brains all the time, right? We're in ourselves. One of the weird things about human beings is we, we know other people far better than we know ourselves. And that's, that's fact-based. We, we have an image of ourselves that we, we don't like to tarnish too much. And so it protects us from understanding who we are and what we really want. So when, you know, when you can sit down and learn the, the, the pattern of active listening, where the only goal in the conversation is to hear the other person, it is not to come up with, you know, what do we do when we have a conversation? We're listening. Basically, it's almost a competitive dialogue. I'm waiting to figure out what you're going to say before you finish saying it so I can come up with the clever response before everybody else. That's what we all do. That's what we do. And so we shut down, right? What's the pattern? Ah, I got enough. I know what George is saying. I got the response. Shut down. Barely hear what you say after that, right? That why, why, why every time you go to a party, it's so impossible to remember what that guy's name is that you were just introduced to because you shut him down, right? You're on to the next thing. And so this whole pattern of active listening actually, I don't know what, the, it reprocesses the brain. It's almost like meditation. It's not medit. It is, it can be considered that, but what it is, is a, it's a, it's a, it's a strategy that takes a lot of work, very simple to explain, but it reprograms the way you process information and the way you interact with other people. So it's very, very powerful. And then the third thing is just, it's big, but it's very hard to do is people have to learn to put more distance between them and their phone because that thing is the tool that has taught you how to be bored, how to be unattentive, how to be distracted. And, and it's very, very hard for you to stay on task on process. So I go through these three things to help set the template of how I think people can put themselves mentally in a better position to then be investors. And then the second half of the book is sharing very specific insights on how to find and invest in individual stocks. If that's what you choose, if you want to do index funds and stuff like that, I'll, I'll explain that as well in the book a little bit. So it's really, it's a how to guide, but it comes, it's, you'll never see people talk about investing. They'll just tell you what to do. Oh, you got to find a stock that generates cash and has good earnings and does this and does that. But if you're ill-equipped to do any of that, what's the point in all that advice? Nobody right. ever gives you advice on what you need to do to sit at your desk or wherever you are and start the process. And without that advice, everything else said after that is useless. And that's why everybody's ill-equipped. I love it. Well, Greg, I certainly appreciate I know that it's uh, no small feat to actually write a book and the amount of time that it takes to do it and, and just everything. So I'm, I'm grateful. Um, where, where can people get a copy? So I have to figure that out. I'm not very good at technology anymore. So my, my son is, but he's in California. I'm in Connecticut. So we'll figure something out. But I'm going to start releasing some excerpts on LinkedIn. So if you want to, however you connect with me on LinkedIn, I will connect with everybody. Um, who, who sends me an invitation, I'll, I'll respond and I'm going to have some excerpts. And then I've got to just figure out, I mean, I have a website and things. I don't use it very often. Um, 
I used it to for prior books uh, that I wrote. But there will be somewhere different than the others because I just don't want to. I think it's important right now and I want people to have this. And it's not written like a regular book where it's got to be, you know, this length or else it's not publishable. And then you have to spend all this time marketing it. I don't want to do any of that. I really want it in people's hands. So whether it's putting it on my website or having people send me email, I'll give an email address if they want and they can get on a list. So maybe that's a good way of doing it. So, um, you know, I have uh, Greg Lewin, one word, Greg Lewin, 1957, the the year of my birth at Gmail. Dot com. So if people want to send me their email, I will certainly put them on some kind of list. I haven't figured out how to get get rid of the book <laughs> to, <laughs> to disperse it. And, you know, I want it to be in a format where if 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 you decide to pick it up and read it, that you can send it to as many people as you want. I'm not trying to protect anything or make money off of it. Got no plan for any of that. I just think it's an important thing right now. And I'd like people to read about it, read about the things that I think they need to do to build the kind of quality of life that's going to be hard to come by in the investment world that the the governments of the entire world have set for us. It's just too hard. I love it. Well, to be continued, then we will have you back on as soon as uh, we figure out what that delivery mechanism is and maybe go a little bit deeper. Yeah, that's going to be hard. Maybe it'll take a week, but you know, yeah. I, I'm sure somebody else will tell me, oh, you just do this, idiot, yeah. and I'll do just, it. Just, just hit the button, I Greg. <laughs> What's that? you, you yeah. got to just hit this button. <laughs> I yeah, love it'll be really simple. I just don't know it. No. Yeah. Well, you know, my wife doesn't know it, so we've got to go to somebody who looks more like you than me. <laughs> Uh, I think that that's great. I love it. Well, I, you know, I don't want to forget, Greg, Savage Nation's ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for them? From an investment perspective, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say that the most important thing you can do is put your feet under the desk every day. It's, it's, it, you've just got to be persistent. You've got to stay with it. It's a very tough task, but it's, a, but it's really, really worthwhile. Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets Come on. Come on. Greg, thank you so much for coming back on. Thank you so much for writing the book. Um, what's the best way? We, we, we got the email address. What's the next best way for people to uh, connect with you? LinkedIn. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Greg your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Shoot Greg an email and get on the list for um, when the book is released, and then you can find him on LinkedIn as well. I'll list both of those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Greg. Thank you. Good to see you, George. Good to see you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Thank you.